Well, good morning. Well, I should say good morning again. Uh, I am so excited and so honored to be able to preach this morning. Again, Trey, thank you. I know it's uh, it takes a lot of trust to let me preach, and and uh, you know it's not lost on me that this is a sacred spot. And so I just want to say thank you. Thank you to Fellowship for this opportunity as well. I say this every time I preach, but I want to say it again. It never feels like enough. The way that Fellowship Church has loved me and my family uh, has just and supported me and encouraged me has always just been uh, just amazing. And it's, it has always surprised me and shocked me. And so you guys are family. I call you family because that's exactly what you are to me. So thank you. And, and I love you. And if this is your first time here this morning, welcome. You are now family too. So whether you like it or not, you are family. Uh, we're gonna have fun today. We're talking about personality and how your personality plays an important role in our purpose. And Trey has been taking us through this series called uh, Uniquely, and it's been a reminder about our purpose. And we all have a purpose in our lives. And so no matter what stage of life you are in this morning, whether a good season or a bad season, God has a purpose for your life. And man, if I were as cunning and witty as him, I could have written this perfect one-liner that would just perfectly summarize this sermon and this series like, I propose the purpose of your personality is to personally promote your purpose. Um, but I just, if only, if only. But the, per the point of today is, your purpose is, you do have a purpose, and Trey is really good at alliteration. That's the point there. Um, but here's the way I kind of work all this out in my head. And maybe this gives you guys some clarity too, because it helped me. Every believer has the same mission. We all have the same mission. As soon as we accept Jesus as our personal Lord and Savior, we're essentially signing on to the same mission. And that's the Great Commission. Jesus tells us to go and make disciples of all nations, Baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? So we're all in the same mission, the great co-mission, right? Together, co-mission. But our function within that great commission, our, our uh, role, our purpose within that great commission is very different and very unique. And so like we have very unique purposes within that, we have very unique personalities, okay? And that's what makes life so much fun, right? Personalities are very different. And so within this room, we have a lot of different personalities. And uh, some personalities are more enjoyable than others, right? We get along with some personalities better than others. And we see that in scripture too. Uh, I love reading the Bible and, and seeing personalities kind of jump out of the page. Yeah, with the disciples, we see Peter. Peter was totally extroverted. He's, he's the one who's always sticking his foot in his mouth. He's speaking before he's thinking. And we got John, who's a little bit vain. He called himself the disciple that Jesus loved. Like all the other 11 were kind of, you know, and, and John is the disciple. And so, uh, you know, Luke was very analytical, very detail-oriented in his gospel. And so, but here's the point. All these personalities among the disciples played into their purposes in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Today, your personality plays a purpose and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's look at our scripture for today. Mark 12, verse 30. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, 
all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. Now let's talk about that. The traditional way of reading that scripture in Pastor Lee terms is this. Love God with everything you got, right? Real simple, straightforward, and that's exactly right. Love God with every faculty of your being. Give it to God as a sacrifice and love him with that, right? And that's so true and accurate. But let's go a little deeper this morning. Let's talk about how that, that verse is actually listing four distinct personality types and how those personalities actually best and most naturally love God. So in this room this morning, we have heart people, soul people, mind people, and strength people. In other words, talkers, feelers, thinkers, and doers. And God shaped you primarily to be either a talker, thinker, feeler, or doer. Now, heart people are good at talking, and we'll talk about the, the connection between heart and mouth in a minute, but just go with me for right now. Heart people are good at talking. They're very verbal, okay? They're strong communicators, and they're good at putting words to feelings. Soul people are good at feeling. They tend to be more in touch with their emotions. They feel things on a deeper level. Mind people are good at thinking. They're very cerebral. They come at things from an intellectual and analytical perspective. Strength people are good at doing. They're people of action. They're more physical, more practical. Now, it's important to note that all of us in this room and, and those of you watching online, we're all a, a very unique blend ratio of these four types. But what we're talking about today is what's your dominant type? How do you most naturally love God, okay? So we're gonna do a survey, all right? I'm gonna ask you to raise your hand when I list which one you think you are. And if you don't raise your hand, I give the person next to you permission to raise their hand for you. And you can do a little pointeroo and I'll see it and it's okay. If you're a talker in the room, raise your hand. Yep. Okay, feelers. I gotta raise my hand on that one. Thinkers. And doers. Awesome. Okay, so let's dig into those. Love the Lord your God with all your heart. So what's the connection between heart and mouth, right? Talker and heart. If I have a problem with profanity, it's really a problem with my heart, not a problem with my mouth, right? If it's sarcasm, which kids, I have a problem with sarcasm, right? Yeah. It's a heart problem, not a mouth problem, right? Same with gossip, same with judgmental words. Like all these things are rooted in my heart, not in my mouth. Scripture proves it, Matthew 15, 18, but the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart. So are you with me on that mouth-heart connection? Okay, so talkers, they're people who worship God from their heart. And so talkers have a hard time being quiet. They love to tell stories and they love to have heart-to-heart -heart conversations. And this is great because the world needs communicators. We need people who can verbalize the way that we're feeling, right? The way that the rest of us are feeling. 
Now, I married a talker. And I love her for it because it means I don't have to talk quite as much. You might say that she talks enough for the both of us. I didn't say that. You said that. I didn't say that. But this is part of her ministry. Like, she's, she's good at talking, and so she knows every neighbor on our street. And she knows half the neighbors on the street next to us. She knows neighbors down the road, down the neighborhood. Kids are always in and out of our house. She's very, she knows what's going on in their lives. She gives them food out of the pantry and the fridge. And as an introvert, I'm telling you, it drives me crazy. I need solace and silence to take myself way too seriously. You know, so like, (laughs) but that's her ministry and she's so great at it and she cares about these people and she's so good at, at talking to people and making them feel valued and heard. And so that's her ministry because that's her personality. And so the point is, if you're a talker here this morning, find a way to bless others with it. Proverbs 12, 18, the words of the wise bring healing. So talkers, maybe commit today that every word that you say is not gonna tear people down, it's not gonna be to judge, it's not gonna be gossip. Every word is gonna be to uplift and encourage. Number two, love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Soul people are our feelers. Now, the Bible uses the word soul for many different reasons, many different ways, and it's very confusing for Pastor Lee. But one of those ways is your emotions, okay? It's your feelings. And so God designed all of us to be emotional. But feelers feel things on a deeper level. They're more empathetic. They're more nurturing. They tend to be more in touch with their emotions. And they have a harder time hiding those emotions. One thing that's great about feelers is people are more likely, more prone to sharing things with a feeler because they are gonna know that it's a safe place and they're gonna be understood and heard and and nurtured. And this is amazing because the world doesn't just need communication from the talkers. It needs compassion from the feelers. We need social workers. We need counselors. Ephesians 4.32, man, this is y'all's verse. Be kind and compassionate to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So if you're a feeler, I'd encourage you today, be somebody that your family and friends can come to in times of crisis and in trauma or when they just need somebody to talk to, to vent to, complain to. Maybe they already see you that way and you just don't realize it. Maybe you go home and, and post, if you're on social media, post, how can I pray for my Facebook friends today? How can I be there for you? Man, if you ever need somebody to talk to, it would be an honor for me to listen to you. Come over, have some coffee, and just talk, and I'm here. How can you, as a feeler, put that to use? Number three, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, these are the thinkers. Thinkers love God with their minds, with their intellect. Psalm 119, verse 97, how I love your law. I think about it all day long. 
You see, their act of worship is through reading and learning and educating themselves. And this is great. The world doesn't just need communication and compassion. It needs consideration. Man, it makes me feel so much better thinking about people smarter than me, the thinkers, working through the complex problems that the world is going through, amen? Like these are the, think, the innovators and the scientists and the psychologists, the engineers. Have you ever heard the term thought leader? These are people who uh, teach us how to think properly and healthily. Christian thinkers, in a sense, hold the key to transformation. Romans 12, verse two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So you thinkers help us with renewing our minds, teaching us right perspective and bringing truth to lies. So if you're a thinker, realize that your, your knowledge, your research, your deliberation, and your insight is so valuable to the rest of us. My challenge to you, memorize scripture daily. Be like the psalmist who says, I can't, I stop, I'm thinking about scripture all day long. I love it. I have internalized it. And you're able to bring truth and right perspective to any situation because you have memorized the word of God like no one else could because you're a thinker. Number four, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and finally, strength. Doers love people with their strength. They're people of action. They like problem solving. They tend to gravitate toward working with their hands. And this is great because we need contribution. Otherwise, the rest of us, we'd all be sitting around thinking, talking, and feeling all day. We wouldn't get anything done. Their act of worship is service. They meet a physical need in the world, and they do things for others, for God and for the, their loved ones. I love this scripture for y'all. Uh, Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. I love thinking about that. Like you're, actually, you're offering your body, your, your labor, your, your sweat, and, and you know, crafts and your skills, you're offering that as a living sacrifice. And that's your worship to your fellow brother in need. You know, like I love that. So doers, I want you to know you are not the sum of your work. Your being is not in your doing. I think we all struggle naturally, no matter what our personality is. I think we all struggle. I have a tendency to get our identities wrapped up in what we do and what our accomplish, accomplishments are. But I think for the doers in the room, I think it's a little bit, uh, they're more a little bit more susceptible to that. And so hear me this morning, your being is not in what you do. God loves you for who you are, not for what you do for him. Your loved ones love you for who you are, not for what you do for him. My challenge to you, in light of that, what are you doing for the kingdom of God? Is there something that you can do uh, that you haven't done before here at Fellowship Church? Is there something you can do for your spouse or your kids or your neighbors? So what's the point of all this? 
The world needs you to be who God created you to be. You need you to be who God created you to be. You will find your greatest fulfillment and satisfaction in being who God created you to be. And I'm not talking about a feel-good, self-help kind of way. I'm talking about a Christian biblical deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow Jesus, and live out your calling kind of way. Three years ago, Dr. William Cheney came to Fellowship Church, and he trained the staff here in leadership, strength, personality assessment type stuff, and he rocked me to my core after having... uh, looked at my test results and all that, he looked me in the eye and he said, you would make a great pastor. That was not something on my radar, never a desire of mine, no thanks, you're supposed to be good at this, what are you doing? Like, that was not something I ever wanted. But but if you've ever had like a God moment, like that was, there was weight to his words, like there was something there I could feel it in my bones. And so for the next year, I really wrestled with God on that. And I had other plans and God was trying to mess them up. And uh, I I just didn't want to. And so even after the next year, even after multiple confirmations that yes, this is what God had for me. And through prayer and counsel of loved ones and people wiser than me, I was still not wanting to do this. And I realized it's because I felt inadequate. I didn't feel worthy. I thought that my personality was not that of a pastor's. Maybe there's something today that you feel like is not fitting of your personality, but you felt a nudge toward. Here's what I'm learning. On our path to purpose, what may seem like a personality issue is actually a comparison issue. I thought a pastor had to be a certain personality type, right? Extroverted and a strong orator, you know, and, and wise and, and, you know, just a certain, per, you know what I'm talking about, that, that personality type. And, and uh, it was just, that was my comparison. That was the only comparison I had at the time. And, and, and so I really struggled with that call And I I felt like I needed to fit that mold. And so this morning, don't let that hold you back from what God's calling you into. Is there something that through this series, uh, maybe the last year, five, 10 years that God has put on your heart that you didn't feel adequate for, for whatever reason, personality, whatever. Is there something there that you can take a step toward? It's gonna look different because you have a unique personality and a unique purpose. But God's gonna give you everything you need. I've seen it happen. We all have this specific and vital role within the context of this great commission that Jesus has given us.
and we can't use our personalities as an excuse to not fulfill it. Bill Johnson says, I don't have the luxury of lowering the great commission to what I'm good at. Great commission is the standard and I gotta live up to that through the power of the Holy Spirit. I can't lower it to meet my supposed needs. If you're feeling inadequate, it's a comparison issue, not a personality issue. But I imagine the disciples probably felt a similar way, you know, in that time and culture, rabbis would actually pick their disciples. The disciples would be like 10 and 12 years old at the time. And of course, Jesus does things differently, right? He's picking grown men with careers and families. But these men were called by Jesus. And through their surrender and obedience, God used their personalities to change the world, and I'm telling you, he can do the same for you. On Jesus' last night with those disciples, he took some bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, He gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body, given for you, do this in remembrance of me. So they had dinner and after it was over, he took the cup, gives thanks to God and he gives it to his disciples. And he says, drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now we're gonna take communion here in a minute. Before you take, and I'll I'll lead you through that, so, so don't take it just yet. Before you do, please know that this is an open table. These elements are are not exclusive to anyone. Not a fellowship table, not a Methodist, Baptist, Pentecostal, any specific table. This is open to anyone who is pursuing God, who loves him, and is trying to grow in his likeness. Let's pray. Scripture says that if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us. So I wanna leave just a second here for you to Do that silently, and then I'll lead us together. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We've failed to be an obedient church. We've not done your will. We've broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors, and we have not heard the cry of the needy. 
Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news, family. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That proves God's love for us. And in the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Holy Spirit, pour out yourself on us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ that we may be for the world, the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. Amen. Now, if you would, take your cup out. You can grab the bread. This is the body of Christ broken for you. Take and eat. Amen. Open the juice. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. Amen.